Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, Mama. I am so excited that you're here. Today, we have an awesome episode. Uh, We are answering a listener question. When I say we, I mean me. I don't know why I do that. (laughs) So anyways, I'm answering a listener question. Um, So every so often, I try to answer one of your questions in depth here on the podcast, mostly because I want to say thank you for listening, but also because typically, if you have this question, then someone else does too. And I know for a fact today's question is one that a lot of you have and struggle with. So we are going to tackle that question today. Um, and if you didn't know, you can always send me your question by emailing me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. You can also head over to my Instagram every Wednesday. I do a Q&A all day long. I pop up a Q box in the morning and I answer questions all day. So you can always head over there and drop your question there as well. So All right, before we get started, I did want to read one of your guys' written reviews out loud here. Um, Thank you so much to all of you who have written written reviews. It means so much not only to me, I honestly cry when I read them typically, um, but it also helps uh, iTunes and whatever podcast host you're listening to right now uh, send it to more moms just like you that might need to hear this information as well. So it means so much to me. So if you haven't left me a written review before and you're listening, I would love it if you just take two seconds and write one down below. It takes two seconds, honestly, and it just means so much to me and the other moms who find the podcast as well. So this one is from Lauren uh, Brocone. All right. It says, helps me feel like I can do and then dot, dot, dot. For whatever reason, it doesn't tell me the full title that you put, um, but it's five stars. And she writes, I appreciate that the episodes are short enough that I'm not feeling overwhelmed and that I have time to listen and that Alyssa breaks them down into actionable items while also explaining the method and philosophy behind them. I have realistic expectations that this will take time and consistency and confidence um, that this is the right approach. So grateful for this content. Thank you, Lauren, so much. That means so much to me. I'm so grateful that you pointed out so many things in here that you uh, like. So that's always helpful. I try to make these episodes short, sweet, to the point so that we can uh, listen in as we have time, right? Like we're moms after all, we're freaking busy. (laughs) So thank you so much for that review. All right, now on to today's listener question. All right. So one of you wrote in and said, I have a three-year-old and have gotten in the habit of feeding her again. She seems to eat more when I feed her than when she's on her own. Honestly, uh, she doesn't even seem to feed herself anymore at all. Help. Okay. So right off the bat, I have to tell you, you are not alone in this. Not only do I get this question emailed to me, DM'd me, sent in on Wednesdays, all the things, but I've struggled with this too. My daughter is starting to kind of revert back to wanting me to feed her. So at the top, I want to point to what might be going on. So a few things here. First, we are coming out of a pandemic. Uh, Our lives have been literally turned upside down and a three-year-old is certainly old enough to feel that. And sometimes when we feel the stress or the weight of the world, we want to be babied, right? Like we want our mom. (laughs) We just want someone to take care of us. And 
that's instinctual. And it starts at a very young age. This is why we see toddlers or full-grown children wanting to be held by their mom, especially when their mom has a new baby or she starts a new job or whatever. Sometimes they just want to feel like a baby again. So first and foremost, let's tap into if that's the feeling that they're going through, how can we make them feel loved and cared for at the table, but also away from the table. So hopefully we give them some of that feeling of like, hey, I know we're going through a hard time right now. Mommy is here from you, here for you and supportive of you. And then also encouraging them that they are capable, right? They are capable of feeding themselves. They are capable of not being held and carried around like a baby anymore. Like a three-year-old is super capable. So also looking into your life, like maybe there is a new baby in your family. Maybe you just had a move or a big change. So just kind of tap into that and know that that might be a part of it. The second part here is, unfortunately, this is not just relegated to three-year-olds or babies. A lot of parents, regardless of the age, of their child's struggle with them feeding themselves and feel oftentimes that they eat more if mom feeds them or they eat more in front of the TV or what have you. So let's pull this back a little bit and realize, okay, why is it that they eat more when mom feeds them? Why do we think that is? I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong here, but typically when mom's feeding them, it might feel a little bit like um, a quality time, right? (laughs) Like, mom's looking at me, she's feeding me, she's sitting right in front of me, she's stopped what she's doing, and all eyes are on me. So can we try maybe some special intentional time with them before dinner? Now, if you're like me, you're probably cooking and moving things around and trying to get it all on the table right before dinner. So maybe before that, or can we have some sort of intentional time with them that's not at the dinner table that they feel seen and cared for? So that's first things first. (laughs) Secondly, I want to talk a little bit about the when this is happening, what do we do? Okay, let's say they are a little attention starved or maybe they want um, to feel like a baby because of the stress of the world, but that doesn't change the outcome. What do we do? (laughs) So what I would recommend doing is feeding them a few bites, then letting them know you're going to eat a few bites and you'll come back later, right? Not back, like you're still physically sitting near them, (laughs) but give them a few bites and then be like, okay, now Lucy does it or whatever your daughter's name is. Um, You feed yourself and mommy's going to feed herself. Maybe you encourage them to cheers your fork together with the food on there. So they get excited that you're going to take a bite at the same time they're going to take a bite. And then really, truly, it comes back to modeling that behavior. And this is for any child of any age, especially when they're first starting to learn how to eat and feed themselves is sitting down and eating with them. They need to mirror someone and they want to see you sitting with them, using a utensil, opening your mouth, chewing, swallowing, taking sips of water. They are learning so much just by being near it. So that is my top tip for you, regardless of your child's age, in teaching them how to feed themselves. So let's go back to if we're feeding them, we feel like they're eating more, right? Like, But she's actually eating more when I feed her than when she feeds herself. Two things here. Is more better? Is more better? A lot of us think more is better. Like, oh, we want our kid to eat the most amount of food that they could possibly stuff into their belly so that they stay full and they stay through the night sleeping and yada, yada, yada. And they grow and they develop and they do all these things. We want what's best for them. But we have been taught that what's best for them is eating a lot of food. It's not true. It's not a good eater to eat the most food at the table. That doesn't mean they're a good eater. 
What a good eater is, is someone who can listen to their body, eat the right amount to satiate their body until the next time that they need to eat. We're looking at someone and a child in particular who can come to the table and not have an emotional reaction to new foods, that they're excited to connect with mom and dad, that they're willing to eat this food, that they're willing to feed themselves. There's a lot more that goes into a good eater than how much they're eating, but yet all the attention has been focused on how much they're eating. So let's put it this way. Is it good that someone eats more, even if it's past fullness, even if it's more than what they need? because someone's feeding them? Or is it better if they eat what they need and leave the rest? Now, of course, some of you might challenge me and think, well, I know what my kid needs. They need more. But I would challenge you to ask yourself, do you know how much they need? Can you feel how hungry they are? Can you feel how full they are? Can you feel if they're sick, if they're tired, if they're not growing, if they're teething, if they're in pain, if they have a headache, if they have a bellyache, if they're uncomfortable, if they're not supported, if they're feeling pressured, can you feel all those things for them? No, right? No, we can't. They can feel these things. So we need to create an environment where they can learn to feel these things and understand what that means for them as far as how much or if they're going to eat the food that we provide, right? So we need to connect that feeling of hunger to the satiating abilities of food but they have to learn that on their own. If they're continued to being fed and and spoon fed at that, they're not going to put those things together. They might actually be eating more because they feel that sense of pressure uh, because we continue putting it in their face, right? (laughs) It's easy for them versus when they're actually feeding themselves, they might actually regulate that better. So I would challenge you on that a little bit as well, um, that more isn't always better. Now, that being said, you're probably going to put these tips in action and you're going to realize that their intake goes down. And then maybe they cry for food and they tell you that they're hungry and all of these things. And this is a learning process, right? It's It might be a little painful or a little uncomfortable for them as they're learning that mom's no longer going to feed them their food over and over again. And that is a process that they're going to have to learn at some point in their life, right? Like they're not going to be 35 and you're still feeding them. So all that to say, I think there is a middle ground here. I don't think you need to show up at the next meal, like drop the spoon in front of them, like, no, I'm no longer feeding you. Good luck, (laughs) right? We can, like I said in those tips before, give them a few bites, then back off, show them that mommy's going to feed herself, do cheers, get them engaged, get them excited about the food. Maybe we even need to like beef up some of their favorite foods so that they're a little bit more incentivized to feed themselves for just a little while, a few days. Um, And then we start to kind of back off slowly. That is one approach. That's probably the approach I would go with. Of course, there is the cold turkey approach, and I think that can be effective as well. You get to know your own child and what works and what doesn't, but also be realistic with yourself of what kind of life are you living by feeding your kid? you know, every meal, every day. Um, that That's not very sustainable for you, for your health, for your benefits of getting your own nutrition. Maybe you have other children that need your attention, other things. Um, so it needs to be a mutually beneficial experience at the mealtime. So there's that. Um, now, as far as some tips of how to get your baby to feed themselves, if they like physically aren't able to, or don't know how, I guess is what I'm getting at. So we've talked a lot about like, some psychological reasons that might be at play or some emotional connection, relationship 
issues or whatever. Let's talk a little bit more about like the physicality of it. Like, okay, how do I teach them to eat themselves? (laughs) So first and foremost, like we already talked about, sitting down with them and eating the food, modeling the behavior, tip top number one tip. So that's first. Second is making sure that we have utensils and plates and the environment is suitable for them and not only suitable, but inviting and easy and accessible to them. So having spoons and forks that are really heavy or really sharp or really long handled that it's really difficult for them to maneuver and hit the target, hit their mouth with it, um, can be a drawback, right? So instead, having utensils that fit their hands, that fit their abilities, uh, using things that are really easy for them to access and to use, uh, put yourself in their shoes. You know, what kind of plate, what kind of environment, what kind of chair is going to feel comfortable and and inviting and making them feel capable, right? Like so much of it is like the accessibility. Like I will never forget, I shared this on my stories, my son was washing his hands by himself at some point, but the towel was up on top of the like sink part up on the wall. Like he couldn't reach it. Even on his stool, he couldn't reach the towel very easily, just like the tip. So for a long time, he was like, mom, help me wash my hands. And I was like, you can wash your own hands. Like <laughs> you are perfectly capable. And maybe I didn't say it like that, but you know, I reminded him that he's capable And he kept telling me he couldn't do it. Well, it turns out he could wash his hands. He couldn't dry his hands. So he couldn't finish the task. So he was asking for my help. So all I did was buy a little like sticky hook for the back of our door and put a hand towel there. And sure enough, ever since he washes his hands and dries them completely on his own. So all this to say that at the table, it is about making it easy for them to do that as well. So that's one thing. The next thing that we can do is preload the utensil. And this works from six months up, six months of age and up is preload the spoon, preload the fork, preload whatever utensil they're using, and then put it in a comfortable place for them to just pick it up and put it in their mouth. So so we're taking away some of those middle steps, some of the frustrating steps um, to get them at least in the right path. So sometimes they just need a little bit of food in their bellies to satiate them so that they realize that they really are capable. Sometimes they come to the table a little over hungry and they get frustrated because the applesauce keeps falling off their spoon and then they give up. And then we're like, okay, well, I guess I'm feeding you tonight because they're not doing it. But maybe we can just help them get to the place where they're a little bit satiated by the food so they're not so frustrated. So all of those tips are really helpful in preparing and teaching your little one to feed themselves and really, again, being there with them, encouraging them and being a team about it is so helpful. So I hope today's podcast episode answered your questions and uh, I will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at NutritionForLittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.